Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. I sell blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And with me this week, two of my favourite guests and David Blakeney. <laughs> David, welcome. You Thank have you. been travelling the world, I understand. Uh, Abu Dhabi. Yes, I was in Abu Dhabi for the Grand Prix. And every morning I'd go to the gym. And I'm running the gym, listening to Talk Sport. And who was the guest <laughs> every morning? <laughs> Nigel Rothband. This is at five o'clock in the morning, UK time. Obviously, nine o'clock in Abu Dhabi. What a great pleasure to listen to Nigel when I'm in the gym in Abu Dhabi, overlooking the track. That's pretty cool. I'll send you the check in the post, yeah. David. Yeah, so I really made my day. Good man. And uh, you, you, so Grand Prix, any sort of sign of Manchester City in Abu Dhabi? Is it kind of well, plastered with Man City stuff, is it? Well, there's a lot. There's a boat out there, completely Man City boat. There was an aeroplane at the airport, completely Man city <laughs> And uh, there's a, obviously, and of course, our chairman is the chairman of, of Formula One out there. So you, you, so. Had, you had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with him, I'm sure. Well, I said I was a bit busy. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome, and welcome also to my two other guests, who we shouldn't forget. Welcome back to Sarah Messenger. Hello. And also again to Lisa Rabinowitz. Hello. So uh, the Man City show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sign up and deposit up to fifty pounds, and Ladbrokes will put the same amount into your account, giving up to fifty pounds worth of free bets. And you can find the link at bet.citypodcast.net. Um, so we will keep one eye on the fourth round draw for the FA Cup. So Ollie, our engineer, has got his. Uh, so we can concentrate on the podcast. We're doing this live as the draw is about to be done. So I'm sure Ollie will shout out and let us know who we've got in the fourth round. Good man, cheers, Ollie. Um, because he's got nothing to look forward to this season as Spurs are probably going to get relegated now anyway on the form they're in. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to look back at a late winner against Southampton, a late winner against West Ham, and looking forward to a late winner against Shakhtar and then a trip to the Swamp. 
So, Sarah, records are tumbling all over the place. That is our fourth successive, fourth successive late victory and our thirteenth record equaling successive Premier League win. Tumbling records, left, right, and centre. How fantastic is that? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, they are tumbling. I think some of us were tumbling over the last couple of games with the uh, nervous tension that was building as we get into the 80th minute, although, as ever, we've come up with Trump's side. My sense at the moment is that we're, we're not, clearly we're not playing quite as well, although I've got some sympathy with De Bruyne's view that it's just that teams are setting up even better to stop us rather than the team isn't playing as well. But I think it's really important that we're winning those games. And we just weren't last season. We would definitely would have drawn at least two of those three games, possibly lost one. So um, what's not to love about three more victories and still having an eight-point lead as we visit the Swamp next week? But is it sides finding us out? Is it us being just off our game? Or is it complacency? Is it one of those three things or something else that you'll come up with? I think it's a bit of all three. Um, I think that teams are... Finding us out is the wrong way of putting it I, I just think they have worked out how best not to get battered by us um I think we are a bit tired I think we are a bit complacent in some of them I think the West Ham game we looked a bit like we thought we'd just turn up and roll them over um so I, I don't think it's I don't think it's just one thing I think it is a mixture a mixture of things um and also unfortunately it seems that when De Bruyne's passes aren't the best. Silva's passes also aren't the best. It's not like one of them isn't doing it. It's like they all just, it's like a disease that spreads through the team. It's, if it was just one of them who was a bit off that day, then we, it might be a bit easier. But like against West Ham, it just seemed like everything was going a bit awry. But David, we were early season battering teams, as Lisa said, you know, yeah. six, six and sevens going in. And, and we're not. And, and, and your, your view of why that is? You got, you've got a, I think. I mean, my own view is, at the beginning of the season, we were converting the chances, and I don't think we are now. I think we were... I think we were stretching people because our final ball was better. But I think our final ball, every time, is just not getting through. Yesterday, how many final balls just missed the players? And where we were getting them right, that final ball, we're not anymore. How many times yesterday did you see it running off or going wide or something? So I think we're just not getting the final ball through. And I've got to say, I think Aguero in front of goal is not ruthless enough. And he doesn't seem to have any power in his shots mm. anymore. They're always at the goalkeeper and they're timid. So, so things like that do worry me. I think Jesus came on yesterday and he had that bit of flair. And you sometimes think, you know, and the reason he wants Sanchez is because Sanchez is better at unlocking. And I think that's why he wants Sanchez, because... I am a bit worried. I think against the big teams, we're probably set to play better because we know how to play those games. But it's difficult, isn't it? When when they line up, and I, I, yeah. I was at the Sunderland game, and I was actually quite high up in the East Stand. Southampton. Southampton. I do that every week. Do that every week. The Sunderland fans who listen to this got excited. They do. It? It's the red and white stripes <laughs> that does it for me. I always I always say that. So yes, thank you against Southampton. I was quite high up in the East Stand, and you really get a great view of how teams line themselves up. And right from the start, they had this line of five at the yeah. back and four just in front of them, and it's very difficult, you know, sort of. But I know, 
I know you're saying that maybe we're yeah. not quite on our game in the final pass, but it's very difficult. Yeah. There is no space yeah. to get anything through. And however good you are, and however what's the great quality we have and so on, it's very difficult when you've got a bank of nine players mm. between you and the ball in a very tight space. But are they it's not doing this against other teams no. as well? No. Are we the only team? Because Why I think, wouldn't they do it against United? Because I think they think they can score against these other teams and they have got a chance against these other teams, whereas I think they look at us and think, we're just going to get battered if we try. Because Stoke tried and they did score a couple of goals, but we scored seven. Yeah. And, that, and, and I think that is, people have looked at that and thought, absolute brilliant, absolutely brilliant if we come away from this game with a draw against Manchester City, that would be a wonderful result. And, and that's why I think other teams are finding it easier to unlock these teams because they're not setting themselves up in exactly yeah. the same way as they do. I think that it's especially reserved for us. And, you know, although but, I think United do it for everyone. But, then, but, you, but yeah. generally speaking, I think... And, and it, it throws... What happens is, I think... It, it's so as Nigel saying it's so difficult against those like nine or ten or whoever all of them there that you, you the rhythm goes because it's all about speed of passing accuracy of passing and then one doesn't get through and then it all just falls apart so to speak I mean it's really not as bad as we're making it sound but it, it we we lose that that rhythm and it is that's all it that's that's how it works and but having said all of this. I think we are going through a bad patch because I do, I do think we, I said it's not, I don't think it is just the way other teams setting up against us. I think it is a mixture of that and how, it, and yet we are winning. Some people so might laugh at, some people might laugh at that, um, Lisa. Yeah. 13 success, successive Premier League wins. Okay. You just we're going I mean through a bad terms, patch. I mean in terms of You could of be a Spurs per- fan. <laughs> I mean in terms of our performance level compared to okay. what it was and yet we are still winning. So that's, you know, that is the positive to take from it. I think um, I think there's a key factor that we've not mentioned yet, which is the absence of Stones, because mm-hmm. what Stones yeah. does is he moves the ball from defence yeah. through midfield so, yeah. and his passing, those balls that De Bruyne or Silva um, can take on the turn and one more pass and you've got Jesus or Aguero in are not happening with the same regularity yeah, that they were. 100%. And Otamendi sort of does it sometimes. Mangala, forget it. <laughs> Company... Can, can do it but isn't doing it it's not not with, to the way that Stones is doing it so I think that has affected our rhythm and the speed we move ball from Edison rolling it out through to a chance in the box and I think some of that's important and I think you're right and I think if you then think about sort of the way we set up at the weekend against West Ham uh, getting the team right now I'm not saying Aston Villa because they play in the same colours Sunderland Southampton uh, we had a situation where he changed it at left back of, as well of course didn't he in terms of with Danilo coming in and moving Delfino into midfield I was surprised at that I have to say, I thought he would I have just would have gone the other way. Uh, exactly, keep Delft mm. where he is. He's been doing all right there, and let Danilo come in and and replace Fernandinho. Is rested because of uh, potential booking and so on. Your your thoughts on that? Well, he's. I mean, Danilo's supposed to be good as a defensive midfielder, not yeah. just as a right back. But so I was slightly surprised. But I think that's Pep trying out. You know, if Delft gets injured, we've got to have somebody who can play at left back. So I suspect there was a bit of trying that Danilo out in that role. Again, because he's played it before. I can't mm. remember which game he's done. He played left back. Was it the first game he played? It left was back? horrible. Was yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was so surprised. Was practice. Game yeah. I was there. I, and I, I also thought he might have been giving Delph a chance to show what he could do in the in mm. the middle. Maybe, but it didn't work. 
it didn't. Can, can we talk about one or two things? And again, I'm, I'm mixing the games up here, both the uh, Southampton game and the West Ham game, because they were both very, very similar with, you know, two on scoreline, late winners and so on. Can we just talk about Pep for a second and his behaviour? Uh, the FA today have announced they're not going to take any further action. But, you know, doing the job that I'm meant to do here and, and with my critical hat on, he's come onto the playing area. He's approached an opposing player. He's been pretty animated. I think probably he did touch him as well. It seemed to me as well. Um, could be, you know, if that was Mourinho, we'd probably be sitting in slagging him off, wouldn't we, David? I would have thought we would. But I think any player for Pep to go over to, whoever they play for, are probably so taken aback and almost feel what a compliment that he takes his time to talk to him. I think Bevan found it a compliment. Well, he said he was very, very complimentary. Yeah, I think it was. I think he does it in an encourage. He does it with passion in an encouraging way, not vendetta, not bitterness. He's trying. He's been. He, he wants all footballers to be good. And if he sees something, he probably just wanted to give him a bit of advice. I don't know why, but he did it. I don't know why he did I it. Think, I think Nathan Redmond actually did Pep a favour, didn't he, to be fair? Because yes. he could easily have said, actually, you know, he shouldn't have come on. He's not my manager. Um, yeah, do, you think Redmond did, do you think Redmond did him a favour? I think Redmond's mum did a favour as well. Because uh, I think she came out quite quickly and said... It was all lovely and she wasn't horrible to my boy or he wasn't horrible to my boy. I think, oh, look, yeah, you're right. If Mourinho had done it, there'd be a, an outcry and it probably wasn't the wisest thing for Pep to do. But, you know, we can't have it always. We want passionate managers with a personality and a bit of character. And it's almost like we've lost the ability to differentiate between things that were perhaps not necessarily done in the most appropriate way, but were actually about the passion and a love for the game vis-a-vis the misery or the the snideness or the dirty fouls or whatever or that you know whatever it might be we kind of seem to have lost that ability to make sensible judgments about what should be punished and what shouldn't be punished so everything's a debate these days it's almost like nothing is clear-cut anymore mm-hmm. every single thing gets debated even the things that shouldn't you were a fan of mrs redmond's as well then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean look when i saw the footage of it before we knew what was said so obviously we're seeing it without any uh, sound I mean, Pep did look a little possessed. Like, it was, it, he did look mad. But they asked him straight away in the press conference what he said to Redmond. He told, he said what he'd said. And then Redmond said exactly the same thing. Pep had the decency not to actually say what Redmond's response was, mm. which was, I'm doing what my manager told me to do. And Redmond was the one who said that. Mm. What, and then, so once that's been explained by both parties, what I don't understand is why the FA asked him to explain it. It's been explained. If Redmond hadn't said anything and had been completely silent about it, then maybe someone needed to look into it because it did look... I mean, it looked mad. Yeah. But Well, that's why the FA probably had to do something hmm. about it. No, but they'd already, they'd already had an explanation from both parties that was exactly the same. So, are right. you really? Let's, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about something positive then. Let's talk about Raheem Sterling winner then, which, you know, I, as I said, hmm. I was there in the ground, didn't leave early. And I rose from my seat and applauded gently when the winner went in, as you can oh, imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a, what, what in a the strike. arms of stewards. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> what a strike. He's done a few good strikes. I mean, the Bournemouth strike was amazing. Yeah. And he seems to score goals that you would never expect him to score. That's the difference. But it, it's Pep training him. If anyone saw uh, a clip of Pep training him in August on how to turn his body is a great example of how a brilliant coach like Pep can make someone like Sterling the player he is. And half of it is belief. He's put his arm around him. 
you show him where how to kick a ball properly, that's what happens. So brilliant. That's what we got Pep for, isn't it? We've talked about Sterling over the last few weeks, Lisa. Is anything anything new to add? <laughs> Just uh, he's a different player, isn't he, from twelve months ago yeah, completely? Absolutely, and thank goodness he's he is but you know it's all everyone the whole team just keep going till the end and he's taking his chances i do one thing i would say about sterling is I mean, it was a great goal and um although he reverted a bit to his last season form against west Ham with yeah. a couple of shanks if that's not too rude a word i i you probably discussed this we've discussed this previously but the finish against Feyenoord was a better goal to me that was that's what a quality class striker does taking that ball on the turn and and dinking it over the goalkeeper so a great goal though it was against Southampton it was sort of one of those last minute might as well take a punt it could have ended up in Rose Ed fortuitously it was top corner it looks great and I think the highlight for me having sort of come back from um from the brink to, to win yet again was to see a tweet on Twitter from the amazing Lisa Rubinowitz. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, no. but what an amazing inspirational tweet which has been retweeted hundreds of times not just, quite just, just, thousands just, I've heard I've, I've heard it's been seen by most of the world so yeah. just, just, just remind us of the tweet Lisa and what the photos sort of showed I in particular I actually didn't tweet the photo not much I didn't but you saw I the photo I genuinely didn't I you saw, saw the, the photo. photo the tweet mentioned the four main points of that evening as which per were? Twitter as, as per my Twitter timeline which is what I was commenting on very good which the were first one Sterling's was? last minute winner very good that's one number Mendy's two we'll help you hold on a second that's number one we're going to build up to number okay. four in the order you put them then number yeah. two then number please two. Mendy's madness yes. when he went crazy with his recent cruciate ligament injury and ran the length of the pitch to celebrate with Sterling very good number ev- three. and tried to get a selfie with him while the match was still going on yeah we love Mendy mm-hmm. we do love Mendy uh, three Pep's slightly bizarre encounter with Redmond, which we didn't know what it was at that point. And potentially number four that got all the retweets for you, which was mentioning... David Silver's package. <laughs> Lisa Rabinowitz, really. Well, if you haven't seen it, look at the photograph it, and you'll understand. And I think, actually, when he scored against... Uh, I spotted it, even if not many other people did. When he scored then against West Ham, you mentioned David Silver's wand. I, I, said, I said David and his magic wand. David and his magic wand. Lisa Rabinowitz, I've seen you... Right. I'm seeing you in a completely different light now, I have yeah, to say. Also changing to a it different was, colour at this moment in time. But it's been the week of rainbow laces, hasn't it? So David it was just doing his bit for all the gay male City fans out there. He made their night Absolutely. in more ways than one. <laughs> now, am I right in saying that none of the City players actually wore rainbow laces? Did I read that somewhere? That, that all the other teams did, and I'm, I'm kind of saying this a bit on the hoof here, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere there was a... And I can't understand why that is, because refs wore them, lots of other sports got involved... Um, and it was a fantastic campaign. The corner flags changed colours, captains' armbands, all the TV people were wearing special badges. I think it really captured the imagination. But something in the back of my mind says City players didn't wear rainbow laces. I might be wrong, but uh, a great campaign. Uh, I want to congratulate Marcus, Rash- Marcus Rashford as well, which is unusual, isn't it, for me? Very. But no, I'd like to... What, a, what a, an excellent striker. Because he's now scored. He's done very well. Mm-hmm. He's scored as many goals as Nicholas Otamendi now. So well done to Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one four of each? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's done well. So, so Mar- Marcus, well done. You're, you're catching up with... Uh, with he's, you know, you mentioned him before, Lisa, in terms of defensively. He's, he's done all right. But actually, he's, he's popping up with important goals as well. It's like, doesn't how, get any how better How did Lukaku score? Who? 
Let's not mention too many of them. I thought yeah. I went with one at <laughs> one. If you scored half as many, then it <laughs> says let, it all. Let's just hope yeah. Rashford and Osamendi finish on Sunday with the same number of goals to their name. Exactly. Um, so can we just sort of look forward a little bit then to um, this week? Uh, and I was actually surprised when they announced the team or the squad, I think 20 travelling to... Uh, Shakhtar and X and, and, and actually they've only left behind I think Silva who they're resting De Bruyne who's obviously suspended and then there's Mendy and Stones who, who are injured but pretty much the whole squad are travelling it doesn't mean to say that the starting 11 uh, will be any thoughts on, on that is that Pep just wanting to keep this momentum going or is it they'll travel and not play and he'll just play the kids I suspect that they they won't play as in the team that you expect to start against United I don't think will be the team that he puts out against Shakhtar I also think that really you're probably writing at least two days of the week out of the equation with the travel there the game coming back etc um what do I know but I suspect that Pep might be using it as a chance to still do some training that's relevant to Sunday as opposed to he just doesn't see the first team until Thursday morning or probably Friday morning properly um so, you know, they all—they're all lying down on the flight out and flight back, aren't they? They're not—they're not squashed in economy <laughs> sure. with a with a meal out of a plastic container. So, I'm not going to worry about them too much. I think they'll be all right. Good for it. team spirit. Good for team spirit. No, it's, it's a good point. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on on Wednesday then? And it does it doesn't really matter, does it? Or does it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether to believe Pep. He seems to be making this kind of noises that suggest he will put a decent side out. But I would. There's a couple of them. I don't want to go anywhere near the pitch on Wednesday. Edison, Fernandinho, and company. I wouldn't put them anywhere near it. Sure. But um, yeah, it's, 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 to me, it's irrelevant. If that's where we lose our unbeaten thing, I don't care. Your thoughts on, on Wednesday, David? I think his mentality. He's desperate to win six out of six. It's very rarely been done. I think maybe six times or something. I think he wants to have that record. I think he's relentless. It doesn't matter. Whatever game it is, he wants to win. And he'll do what he has to. And he'll play around, I think, with the team. And I'm sure he'll play uh, Foden and Diaz at some point. He might play them at the beginning if it's not working, then bring the big guns on. It's which way he plays it. But he wants to win. That's what he is, and that, I think that's. And when you bad. say that, you don't mean Yar and Gundogan. You actually mean the the, the the first the first eleven, if you like. You you can see him doing that. I think. Well, it's whether he plays the first eleven on at the beginning to get a lead and then bring the others on, or vice versa. Mm. There's obviously a plan there, isn't there? And when it, if it's going right, then you can keep it. And if not, you can change it. I would imagine he'll play them for a while and then maybe play the others and then bring on the big guns if he needs a win out of it. I can only think that. All right, well, listen, let's take a quick break and we'll be straight back after this. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Uh, we've got a reasonably important in fact it's probably the most important derby since the last derby always every paper i read every always and this is the most important derby since last year um but listen it's set up well isn't it first v second pep against jose and we're going to the swamp and uh what are 
what are the tactics going to be, do we think? Because Mourinho this season certainly has been parking the bus. He surely can't do that against City at home, surely. Is he going to do that? Yes. <laughs> really? I would be surprised if he didn't, because that's what everyone else has been doing against us, and they, the other teams who have been doing against us do not have the ability up front that United do to actually punish us when they get the opportunity to. So I think it is their best chance of beating us. Parking the bus day, is that really going to happen? Is that the, the Stretford think, yeah. we've come to love now, is it? So Matt Busby will be turning in his grave. I know, I think he'll do that. Really? Because he has got the strength to come out. I mean, the, the, the thing is, I do think we'll play very differently against United than the smaller teams. I hope so. I mean, you know... You so, what about, you so that's important to... to, to talk about our tactics as well I guess in yeah. the same breath isn't it so well, so what, what are you referring to what, what will we do that's different well I then? just think we'll be a lot stronger all over and a lot more intense and I think you know a bit like the Chelsea game for some reason I think we will step up for that we'll, we'll be stronger in midfield I reckon and I just think we will we'll take the game to United and I think if we keep the possessions we want to do it will peg them back a bit and hopefully we can catch them out so that's the only way I can say it. I can, I'm hoping for that Chelsea-type game mm. when we look strong, we look in, in control. But we've, we've been looking for that in the last three games and it hasn't yeah, but quite I mean, been it's different. There, I think when you play these weaker teams, it's much harder. I think in the big games, look at the Napoli away game. Some of the big games this season, we've been very good against the big sides. And I do think there's a mentality there which will they'll be 100% into it on Sunday. And yeah, you said before, West Ham, it's a bit like we want to get this over and done with and get out of it. <laughs> so Sarah, City Stretford, Stretford park the bus, we have greater intensity. Is that kind of how you see it? Is Mourinho really going to park the bus or is he going to... Well, the thing is, there's two versions of park the bus, isn't there, with Mourinho. There's park the bus and don't move out of your own half, as we saw in one of the nil-nil derbies... I can't remember if it was season, last season, must have been, mustn't it? I think it was last season when... Yeah. when yeah, the, dreary the, beyond belief, yeah. yeah. The yes. Cup at the end of it, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. So there's part of the bus where he has no ambition other than to get a nil-nil draw, and there's part of the bus as a tactic to allow them to counter-attack and get the win. And United, sorry, the word slipped out, I meant to say Stratford, absolutely have to win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean... A draw is much better for us than it is yeah. for them. Well, and that's that's why I sort of take take sort of argument with Lisa because I, I I think you're absolutely right, sir. I don't think Marino can afford a draw. He has to win that game, and I think he has to set himself up differently. Surely, and and you know he's got the strike power. He can score goals. Okay, defensively they're not great. People say the same about us. He's got to surely have a more attacking formation on on Sunday and go for the win. And, and they want to be, you know, they, th- they thought they won the league, didn't they, in September. They now think they've won it again because they won at Arsenal. Um, they, they want to be taken seriously, notwithstanding Pogba's comments, about which I think are a sort of sad indictment of their levels of fear about City at the moment. Um, and you can't really be taken seriously as the best team in the, in the Premier League if at home against your nearest rivals, you show no ambition to win the game. So, but he's also not stupid enough to try and match City for the kind of free-flowing football. A, because they're not as good at it as we are. Um, and B, because he knows, therefore, that the, the risk of losing is much greater. I mean, I, I hesitate to ask the question, but as you've raised it, I mean, I, I was going to talk about Pogba's thoughts on City and their injuries and so on. You're, where's that come from? And, and should, should some punishment be dished out here as well as a result? Or is it just... 
a, a sort of a, a misplaced word here or there. What, what, what's his motivation here, do you think? Well, desperation, to be honest. I mean, part, you know, so there's a bit of hysteria going around isn't there, about how outrageous it is that he's shown disrespect to fellow professionals by wanting them injured. And I could easily jump on that bandwagon and, and agree with that. I'm giving the opportunity. Uh, yeah, well, you are. But I, I don't think it was a joke either. I just think that they, they have this sort of... They can't quite believe that the power has shifted in the way it has and they can't quite believe that they don't completely get their own way in the way they did for years and years and years. And so it can't, you know, so he's merrily dismissed all the injuries we've had as if they're the only team who've had injuries. Um, and I think they sort of feel that there's a bit of an agenda at the moment. We've had some lucky decisions. Well, we've had a few. We've also had some outrageous decisions. You know, you could say that about every team in the league. So <laughs> I just think that they, that Pogba was sort of saying, we, 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 are, we are the best team in the world, but we can't quite prove it because City haven't had any injuries. Is sort of how I've read it, which is a bit pathetic. But Pogba not in the lineup, presumably <laughs> with his suspension, which is quite amusing, I suppose, <laughs> is, is the one thing to say on the matter. Uh, you always set yourself up for something like that, don't you, when you have, make comments that he has. But that sort of him not being in the lineup has got to, got to be helpful to us, I suppose, at least, hasn't he? He's the one, one decent player they've got, isn't he? Uh, I'm glad he's not playing, but I don't, you know. I, Obviously, I don't want us to lose to United, but um, and I and I understand what you're saying about them needing to win it, and absolutely they do. I just think we need to not lose it. Um, but I think they are capable of, or they at least will think they're capable of beating us the way they set up parking the bus to counter attack. Mm. Um, so I, that's why I don't think they'll change it, and that's it's working for them. And I think he'll look at the way we've been playing the past few games. And maybe he'll think that's just the way we're playing as opposed to we're playing like that because it's the sides we're playing against. Um, and I, I, I don't disagree with what David's saying about the way we play against the, the smaller teams, so to speak. But I don't like that. So let's get a final word then on, on the weekend then. We're obviously almost a, a week away from it. And we've also got a game in Europe before this, so who knows what's going to happen anyway. But your sort of final reflections and thoughts before we go into the weekend and this particular game in terms of set-up, the way we're going to play, potential results, etc. My nervousness at the moment is United are on a high and they played very well to get that result against Arsenal. And well, I the, think well, the keeper played well. Oh, the keeper played well. You know, the game, do you know their keeper made 14 saves? Exactly. How many saves has Edison made? 13. 20. Really? This season. So I think it's 20 or something like that, or maybe 30 this season. But it's, it's unbelievable. But I do think they're going more on a high than we are. I do think they think they're in better form because great result against Watford for them. Mm. Yeah, they did concede a couple. But I think they've probably got more of the momentum than we've got and that's my worry is going from those three games this week to a really tough game how can they have more momentum than us just just hold on tell you because we've, we've it, won 13 successive premier league games what, the what momentum more momentum is do you the way you play in the last two or three games is where momentum comes in the last two or three games united have played very very well and we played not great, but we've got a victory. There's going to, to me, there has to be a little bit of we're not quite at it, 
when United are absolutely bang on form. So if I ask you for a prediction now, sort of almost seven days, six days before the game, just stick your neck on the line, let's, give, let's have your prediction here. One all. OK. Lisa? Um, please don't look for me on Twitter. Um, I think we're going to lose 2-1. OK, it's the last time. Let's say thank you to Lisa Rabinowitz. She's been a great, <laughs> she's been a great guest on this podcast over many seasons, and we wish her well in her future career. I can't no, wait not, to be wrong. Yeah, us all. Um, put some sanity here, please. I, I genuinely think we're going to win 2-1 and I think the nervousness we all feel about Sunday because it's not like I can't relate mm. to what David and Lisa are saying because I feel it as well but it's, it's just being a City fan and they've ruined so many aspects of our lives for so long yeah. that it's hard to let go of it but we are doing at the moment what United did for years winning games when we didn't play brilliantly late winners I lived through it for years and years stuffy bastards was a phrase that came out of my mouth almost every time that I heard the <laughs> score of their game so excuse my language but you know it, it was and uh, uh, and I I hope that those were words that were being uttered in homes around London uh, and various other parts of the world not many in Manchester no. uh, when sorry. we when we sorry. were scoring Dublin. our sorry Dublin Dublin, Dublin. yes yeah. indeed the far east <laughs> yeah. so I I think we're going to win 2-1 and there's a new helpline that's been set up actually for city fans which is 0161212121 if you need that the funny thing is when we play some of these lesser teams the odds for the other teams to win are so high like yesterday with yeah. West Ham yeah. I've been putting on a five of the opposition <laughs> to win because then if we lose then I know at least I've got compensation of money in my pocket no word of a lie I've done that three times I'm happy to lose a five <laughs> and if we lose so what, at least I've got a bit of compensation what would you have won in, if West Ham had won yesterday what were, what were the odds do you uh, remember what they were about 16 to 1 I won about 60 quid or something 60 or 70 you look as though you need 60 quid as well. Though, you're no, flying it's just, to Abu Dhabi here. David Blakeney needs no, no, another 60 quid. It's not that. It's just when you lose, you've got just <laughs> some little just... thing at the end. Think, well, at least I've got a few quid out of it. You've just <laughs> got to have that. You know. I, 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 I really don't want us to lose. Obviously, I never want us to lose to United, but I don't want them to be the team no. that break mm. that. In, in but you predicted way. that, but you think I they have. will. I, do, I just have a bad feeling about I it. I thought you'd left the studio. I, why, why used yeah. to, can we turn it's the mic off here, The ghost of Lisa Rabinovitz. <laughs> the, the, the ghost is back. Very good. Listen, uh, we very much look forward to these next two games. I suppose less so on Wednesday, because we couldn't give a shit, really, because we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of already qualified. Who, who, who cares? But actually, it is, it is a pretty big game uh, at the weekend, and we all look forward to that. Um, let us have your thoughts. Uh, we're on Twitter, at City Podcast. Let us know what you think in terms of the lineup, the tactics, the, the potential results against uh, the Red Bastards uh, just outside Manchester uh, at the weekend. Now, over the last few weeks, those of you who've been listening will remember we've been talking about City's best ever 11 and coming up with our uh, kind of a short list if you like we've done goalkeepers we've done defenders uh, we've done midfielders we're doing wingers this week so I did ask my guests to have some thoughts and we kind of cover two areas a, a sensible short list for the public to vote on and let us have your thoughts as I say on Twitter uh, in terms of your thoughts on who might make this list and also a few that might make us smile as well who will never make this list as long as they've got a hole in their arse uh, so one or two uh, we'd like to think about uh, David any who uh, who would not ever make the best ever who's the worst winger you ever saw in a, in a city shirt oh <laughs> we mentioned one before and I've forgotten the name 
<laughs> no, I can't even remember. So, the Lisa, name. You, while you're thinking, well, Lisa, that, so, let so, me have a think on that. Have, one. A, have a think on on, on the, the, some some of the the ones that are going to make us smile. Some of these wingers that will not make the list. Willow Flood. Willow Flood. Good one. Yeah, good one. Martin Buster Phillips. Now, Buster Phillips, of course, is famous for something. He was going to be the first ever ten million pound player. What's he doing now? God knows. If you know what Buster Phillips is doing now, we'd like <laughs> to know. Uh, we're at City Podcast. I'd love to know what Buster Phillips would, is doing now. Bless him, but never quite made it. I don't know how many first team games he had, but he certainly was not worth ten million. No, no. A, a couple of others on this list who, of. of Sarah, you're, you're, you've come well prepared. A large piece of paper here. So other, other poor you've just wingers. Bl- you've just blown my opportunity to look as if I just have all this information in the no, top you haven't. of my head because I'm the biggest city fan in the world. Big blown, piece of, blown. Big, big piece of paper, <laughs> just like mine. Mine's in a book. You know, I, you know I obey every instruction you issue me with, Nigel. So I did write a few down. Go on. Um, Dotty ones. Well, I, to be honest, I'm so young that I can't claim to have seen all of these players play. But I, how about Colin Viljean? Colin Villejeune, South African. With the pronunciation. Good, I good, think yeah. Villejeune, yeah. I think we call it. Villejeune, even. Yeah, yeah. Lee Croft was another one. Lee right? Croft, yeah. Local lad, wasn't he? I think yeah. Lee Croft, yeah. Uh, ro- we're on, still on ropey ones. Yeah, we're we? still on ropey ones. Can, can I give you one? Because yeah, actually, and, and I speak to a big football man, been on this show a few times, Roger Reed, who worked at City a, a while and has been in football all his working life. And Roger uh, is always helpful on these, got a great memory for good and bad alike. And he reminded me that Peter Bodek, and probably you, David, will remember Peter Bodek, was the one player that Bernard Holford, bless him, called the worst ever City player. So oh. that's, that's for Bernard yeah. to say that. He was a gentleman to the nth degree and wouldn't probably say a bad word about anybody apparently said that Peter Bodek was the worst player ever to wear a City shirt That's, but what uh, about modern day players yeah who's our worst modern day well, well, well yeah we're asking we ask the questions Dave you're meant to you're, you're, the way this works is I ask you <laughs> to think about them and all you're doing is asking me questions no I'll answer that one I actually think Navas is one of our worst ones because no. he, he could no not quite in my opinion uh, two he Premier Leagues, an no. FA Cup, I'm a League no, Cup, know, medals round his neck, I'm talking Spanish about, World Cup. No, Was he a Spanish World it's Cup a winner? Way, it's, what disappoints me is when a player cannot cross a ball. Yes, he had great speed, but he's, he was playing in a great side and he couldn't, every time he hit the first man, that many times, I found every time we watched the game with any of my mates, the same thing. He, he can't cross a ball. He wouldn't make the best team. I don't think he's going to make the he's, worst I ever said a modern day he's of the not, last few years. He's not in the same league as... Terry Cook. Oh, let's hear the Scully. Excuse me, somebody who's prepared for the. For, <laughs> yeah, well, let's do someone who's actually prepared here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Terry Cook. Tony Scully. Tony Scully, yeah. yeah. They're all good names. And the other two that I mentioned before. Exactly. I mean, you know, I all, everyone knows I like Navas, so I'm oh, right. not. I'm not well, I, I, I think that that's a bit mean. I like something. All right, let, listen, let's focus on, on, on the stars. Let, let's think now about the kind of this, this shortlist. Who, in your view, Sarah, are going to make the shortlist? People you've seen, maybe. Start, start with them. Who are your favourite wingers who you've seen? And I guess probably that you might mention a current, couple of current, current day ones, well, I guess. Well, I could. I guess we're all going to mention Sane and Sterling. Although, you know, they're not without their imperfections, of course, but... Uh, I do wish Sane would take a player on a bit more than he does sometimes, although I guess he's acting under instructions. And you but, could argue, before you go yeah. on, you know, have they played enough games yet yes. for City, I suppose? Yeah. But, but yeah. They're, they're certainly worth a mention in, in the, in the current are. thinking. But, but uh, others that you've seen that you think uh, could well, make this list? Definitely Peter Barnes, because I've mentioned before I had a bit of a thing for Peter Barnes in my youth. Uh, Stewart's got to me- get a mention, Dennis, hasn't mm. he? Uh, and 
I mean, you know, the list is... I'll tell you who else I'm going to give a mention to. Tommy Hutchinson. All right. Almost ruined my life in 1981. Scored a goal at both ends in an FA Cup final in 1981 against Tottenham Hotspur, I seem to remember. Yeah, we remember that well. I'm not sure. I mean, he was in that side. He was brought in, wasn't he, with with Jerry Gow and uh, Bobby McDonald. They were kind of those three signings that came in and really sort of uh, helped us get to that Cup final on that day. But uh, I'm not sure if he's going to... He's on my list, funnily enough, as you can see, Tommy Hutchison, to discuss. But I'm not sure if he's going to be one of the greats. But I understand completely why you mentioned mentioning him uh, I have to say Barnsley and Stewart most definitely have both got to be there haven't they yeah uh, Barnes a great player um, and Stewart with the overhead kick yeah. of course against Newcastle uh, in the in the league oh have you woken up now you yeah, thought of somebody well on the I would say Sean Mike Phillips and David White are two of my favourites because yeah. they were players you couldn't wait to watch gaming you know a bit like we, you can't wait to see Sané on the ball I think David White was unbelievable in these mm. days and I think Sean Wright was as well. And of course, David White's on that list of people who got one cap for England. And yes. do you remember, he got that, and he, he was through on goal, yeah. and he, and he, and he yeah. put it wide, and he, yes. could have, he could have had two caps, couldn't he, potentially? Yeah, that's yeah, right. But he's only, that's a, it's a good quiz question, all those people with one cap for England. David White will be on that list. There you go. So Sean Wright, Phillips, are they going to be, are they going to be on the final list? So back to you, Lisa, then let's have your, some serious contenders here, please. I'm not sure they're serious contenders, but they were in my youth. Um, Peter Beagree. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, I. L- no. I'm but just telling you what tells, I grew up watching. Right. That tells <laughs> so. us more about you and your history with Man City. Yeah. But certainly, Peter Beagley will never it? make. I know the he's best not going to make a list, but he's on my list. Go on then. Let's have a couple more from your and, list before and, we finally. And I am going the to say Nicky Summerby, even though nobody is going to agree with me. And Nicky Summerby, as you remember, obviously his father would have to be on. We'll that. come on to him in a minute. Absolutely, Nicky Summerby used to sit in this chair. This was called Summerby City before it was the Man City show, and Nicky Summerby sat in this very chair. Honoured, and if only I'm, he was still there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That is it. I'm sorry for that. That is probably the final nail in your coffin. There's substitutions and there's substitutions. You can sit there and laugh as if you're ha-ha, very funny. Yeah? Tweeter extraordinaire and now saying that I should leave this chair. Well, that's it. Lisa Rabinowitz is dead meat. Uh, Let's talk about, without talking to Lisa again during this show, uh, I'm going to give you a few more you haven't thought about. You've just mentioned Mike Summerby. Um, and Nicky, bless him, would not make the list. But David, it's fair to say that Mike, Mike uh, would make the list. You, yeah. you, you and I both, of course, yeah. were privileged to see him play. And yeah. Still involved in the club, of course, as a, as an ambassador and uh, doing great work, sort yeah. of spreading the word of Man City. Yeah, he was in Abu Dhabi last week. Oh, yeah, we're back he, to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, right? he was in this the is the Abu Dhabi show, isn't it? Really? <laughs> I saw him in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. That's the title. I think, I think we've got a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah David, it's something to do with Abu Dhabi. Can I throw one or two others? I'm really surprised none of you, none of you, have mentioned the great Eric Brooks. How come he's not had a mention? Because I think this is going to be a team of eleven Eric Brooks. Haven't you got him in about nine other positions? Yes, and quite yeah, right there too. There you go. Well, then quite right. We, we knew we didn't need to because we knew you would. And we got Billy Meredith and, and Ernie Tosland and Roy Clark, the great Roy Clark. All these names. He's Have you got the them list. down? He's Which on one? The list. Roy Clark. Roy Clark. Roy Clark. Uh, Roy any, Clark. Anyone called Roy, basically. Everybody <laughs> played on the wing for City. So I'm 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 confused. Now, Dave Wadka, Dave Wagstaff was mentioned also by mm. Roger, my mate, but I'm not sure if he's going to be an all-time. Roger liked him particularly. My I think dad mentioned him as Did well. Did he mention him as yeah, well? I, you, you are not involved not in this podcast anymore, so <laughs> I'm not interested in what your dad thinks, frankly. So you just shut up. <laughs> my, so, dad, my dad, my dad, my dad hasn't done anything. You are not involved in this podcast anymore. You've been rude, yeah, and inappropriate. So you can <laughs> shut up, right? Until we're invited back, which might be several weeks. So we're carrying on without you. So. 
be quiet. Um, so, yeah, so I think the final list, unless there's any more, I think we've got Eric Brook, definitely, potentially Billy, Billy Meredith, and I'm going back donkey's years now. We've got Roy Clark, Mike Summerby, Peter Barnes, and Dennis Stewart. I think one or two others have been mentioned. I just think the Sarnies in Sterling haven't been playing long enough. White and Sean White Phillips, I'm just not sure. Let us know what you think. And let us know on Twitter, at City Podcast. And we'll be putting all these out here, the goalkeepers, the defenders, the midfielders, uh, the wingers. And, of course, next week we're going to do the strikers. Exciting, that is. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to have two of my guests here uh, on this week's show. Um, uh, this is uh, a huge thanks to Sarah Messenger. Nice to see you. To David Blakeney. And Lisa Ribinowitz can piss off. <laughs> this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.